this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Hello and welcome to the Jay Allen Show. Normally, I start off by telling you that I hope that everything's fine and great in your neck of the woods, but I know and you know, based on everything that's going on right now, that might be a difficult spill to actually give at this particular moment. So maybe we take a different approach today. Maybe we take the approach of, let's go down the path and let's go down and talk about some things that are not on the main focus of the news. Let's talk about things that are going on Inside of the world of safety, don't get me wrong, but maybe having the conversation from a different perspective. So today I have the privilege and the honor of speaking with Nathan Brayman. Most people know him as Redbeard. So today we actually take an in-depth dive on how Nathan Brayman went from being Nathan Brayman to becoming the Redbeard. And you're going to go, are you treating these people as two different characters? No. This is the same person, but let's just kind of look at it this way. Imagine the red beard is Nathan Brainman turned up at a level 10. And let's get into that conversation now with the man known as the red beard. And listen to some of his struggles right at the beginning of the interview right here on the Jay Allen Show. You're, you're dealing with those problems and, and I'm having, my struggle is trying to um, juggle my mustache with my microphone <laughs> and also drink my coffee. Well, that could definitely be a problem. So Nate, I wanted to have you on because number one, I feel that I have not had you on and I think that I have multiple ones of our little podcast network have had you on and I was like, why am I behind the eight ball? That's one. And then number two, as I've been going around you're before you even did the safety justice league you were everywhere and i mean i guess i noticed the beard and recognized the beard but i never kind (laughs) of went down hunting except figuring out what the hell the beard was all about so i don't even know where to start i kind of i have so many questions for you um in regards of what you've done and things that you're currently doing but i guess i'll ask the, the normal and the simple question how did the whole safety story start for you oh wow okay let's see well, for me, it started in the Marine Corps. Um, I ended up as a, a, a firefighter. Well, I should back up a little bit. When I joined the Marine Corps, it was right after 9-11. I remember looking at, or, let's see, I was at a community college working on my, uh, on my degree. I didn't even know what I wanted to do, but I was taking some gen eds. I just gotten out of high school, basically. Uh, first semester of, uh, of my college career and I remember standing in the lunchroom and I and then 9-11 happened and I remember watching it on the tv there and that ended up um, leading me to join the Marine Corps and when you joined the Marine Corps back in those days you couldn't pick um, you know what your MOS was what your military occupational specialty was going to be you could only pick you could only request certain series and so one of the you know, as, as I was looking through all the different options, um, I saw a 7,000 series, which was airfield services. And I thought, well, that would be interesting. And within that was, was uh, crash, fire and rescue. And I thought, I think that would be kind of what I want to do, but I couldn't request it. And so it was kind of a roll of the dice. So I joined, uh, went through boot camp, 
and then got very lucky and got selected for crash fire rescue. Um, ended up with, uh, with an injury <clears throat> and was given the choice. I could either stay in with the injury and not be promotable uh, because if you can't complete your PFT or your physical fitness test, it, you can't get promoted. So um, I was just a lowly Lance Corporal at the time. And um, I stayed in for a little while longer trying to see if I could recover from the injury and, and I could not. And so I was given an honorable discharge, decided I wanted to go back to school. Um, so I went back to school for fire science, finished my fire science degree, and then knew I wanted to continue on uh, with a bachelor's degree. And the closest thing I could find at my local university, which is Iowa State University, was occupational safety. So, you know, I just kind of kind of stumbled my way into it from the firefighting perspective and doing some research and seeing that um, safety jobs were in demand. It was a good career path. So, um, you know, ended up getting my bachelor's and, and my master's from Iowa State in occupational safety. So let me just ask a couple questions there then. You wouldn't have joined the military if 9-11 wouldn't occurred? Correct. Okay. Yep. That, that's that's the triggering moment for me was, you know, it, it moved me to go uh, join the Marine Corps. So, And did you already have an interest in fire safety at the time or where did, the, where not, did, that, where did that passion come from? Not, yeah, not really. I mean, it really grew from, you know, I, I got to go to, uh, it, in San Angelo, Texas, they have the fire academy um, called Lewis F. Garland Fire Academy. So I went there and it was a three to four month, I think it was a four month training course, um, learning everything from wildland uh, firefighting techniques to structural firefighting to airport firefighting. And, you know, that's, that's really what got me into firefighting was just kind of a roll of the dice. I just kind of, uh, you know, the, the fate kind of pushed me in that direction. And, you know, with an injury, I, I couldn't be a firefighter. Um, and so the reason I went to get a fire science degree was I thought I wanted to build on my certifications because I'm, I'm a fully certified firefighter. And I thought, well, maybe I can be an arson investigator. And so, you know, more of the administrative side of the firefighting realm. Um, and so, you know, if I later found out that those jobs are so rare and they don't pay that well. And they're typically, there's high competition for them anyway. So, um, had to had to shift gears and, and ended up on safety that way. So, what year are we talking about? So, we or so the injury did it occur shortly after being in? Um, so, are we talking like two thousand two at the time? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah, two thousand two exactly. I graduated high school in uh, in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. and I went into the Marine Corps in two thousand two, and then I got discharged two thousand three. Now, I was only in for about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so. I, I did not know that part of your story. I really didn't. I, I mean, I, I, there's so many things that I'm, I find online about you. I mean, let's just be realistic because people look and I look, and of course the beard is kind of the trademark, at least when people <laughs> see you, which is a, which is a good thing. We need to figure out how you, how you got to that. And I'm sure people ask you that question all the time. Yeah. So once you actually get out of this, what do you do next? Once you're actually honorably discharged, you go back to school or do you go back any kind of path of work at the time or are you kind of just focusing on mostly on school? No, I actually worked full time as a manager of a, of a, of a 
like a video rental store. What is that? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. They're still around. Um, <laughs> where, where is this? No. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well they have like, when I was there, they had 550 stores and I think now they're over 1200 and, and I'm pretty sure they're still going you're, despite you're everybody kidding. using streaming. You're joking. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. They have 1200 stores that still do video yes. rentals. I, I would never I'm believe serious. that. I would never believe that. I, I, I was watching John Oliver a year ago, two years ago at this point, and he was talking about they were closing down the last Blockbuster. I'm not saying it's Blockbuster and brand, but man, I wouldn't figure that, that was still a popular thing. This is The Jay Allen Show. Have you learned about a human and organizational performance and you wanted more? Well, now is your chance. Fisher Improvement Technologies is conducting an advanced HOP practitioner workshop. Now is your opportunity to learn these advanced hop techniques in this two-day workshop that is designed to give leaders the ability to understand and manage integrations of advanced error reduction in organizations, also known as error. Participants are provided with multiple experiential learning opportunities to ensure they can use the information in their day-to-day interaction. For more information, go to arrowhp.com. That is A-E. R-O-H-P.com and click on the link that says open enrollment. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Yeah, well, this this company is pretty smart. You know, one of the things that they they did is I think they were they were um, anticipating that, you know, they weren't going to be renting videos, um, you know, DVDs out forever. Um, and so what they, they, they bought all the properties for each store. And so I think they saw themselves more as a property management company because inevitably, you know, once everybody got to streaming, um, now they can just rent out all their properties. So, oh, nice. um, but yeah, I think they're still renting videos. I have to go the, check. I haven't the, checked back for a couple of years. The McDonald's approach almost to some extent then buy the land it. as well. Okay. So you do, so you end up doing that. So you move forward. The next thing that I can find, and I don't know how specific you want me to get into some of these things, you go work for the USDA. Yeah. How was that? And how does, how does this thing come into you, into your life? Yeah. So to get my bachelor's degree, I had to have an internship mm-hmm. in safety and, uh, and you know, that old saying, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, right. That it was kind of one of those situations because, um, everybody in the program, in the safety program at Iowa State University needed to go get an internship. And there's a lot of industry in that in Ames, Iowa, where where we were, you know, Barilla and 3M. And there's a lot of big names there. Well, the USDA has their National Animal Disease Center there. And the university had been trying to work out some kind of program with the USDA, but had gotten nowhere and lots of students had tried to get in there, but had gotten nowhere. And, and I, I was, um, let's see. Okay. I was working at university community childcare. Um, uh, I did that for several years as well, working with kids. And one of the parents of some of Brazilian twins, these, uh, and, and their older brother, I used to babysit for, they asked me to babysit for them. And so, um, they were working out at the USDA and I just asked them for a favor. I said, Hey, w- would you mind, uh, here's my resume. I, I really need to get an internship. I'd like to get an internship at the USDA. And they said, sure, we'll pass it on. So they passed it on to their supervisor and they passed it on to someone and some, somehow, some way, 
it ended up in the deputy director's hands. And she recognized my last name because my grandfather used to work there. And I think my grandfather is who hired her originally. Wow. And, and I didn't even know this. I don't know how I didn't know this. My grandfather's a veteran and he was in the Air Force. And before that, he was a Navy corpsman. And that's what I had always envisioned my, my grandfather is doing primarily. And then I did know he worked at the National Animal Disease Center for a long time, but, but he's a microbiologist. So I, I, I didn't think he was in safety. But when I got there, I found out that he was actually the head of safety for several years, um, which was kind of, a, kind of blew my mind. I had no idea. But the deputy director said, uh, call, called me and said, hey, are you Don Brayman's grandson? I said, uh, yeah. She goes, why don't you come in for an interview? <laughs> so and you, you, you probably turn around and go, how do you know my grandfather would probably have been one of the first questions I would imagine you're asking, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was, it was cool too going to the USDA because they just went through this. Um, they tore down, they were tearing down all the old facilities, but for about a month, I got to work in the same lab that my grandfather worked in um, like way back in the, like in the fifties. And I found an old picture of him standing at a, at a fume hood, a chemical fume hood mm-hmm. when he was younger. You know, it was just a, it was, it was, it was a good kind of neat experience for me. Oh, that, I mean, I don't, I, that's so odd to hear about in regards to something like that happening. I mean, I think I, the only other story I've ever heard similar was a mother and daughter combo, but it was almost done intentionally in this, the way that it worked out for you. That's, that's pretty amazing. So once you actually leave the USDA, you decided to become a co-founder and I'm not sure what the what the company's about, and I don't know if you still own the right to the to the website. Um, so, what was it, or do you not? Would you rather just jump into some of the other stuff that you were doing? No, I don't mind. Uh, Accustats. No, I actually had found Which, one for like tra- what was it? Trading in. Oh yeah, trading in. Yes, uh, that was such a cool idea. It, it, just in a nutshell, basically, what it was is. Uh, you know, pe- people basically get taken advantage of when, when you trade in a vehicle at a dealership. And so there was a group of people at Iowa State University um, uh, trying to start this business where when you trade in a vehicle, you demand basically that as part of the deal, they list the trade-in, your trade-in, at tradingin.com. And what will happen is, is that the, the vehicle will go on the site um, as an auction and the starting point is the trade in, uh, amount that the dealership gave you. Oh, nice. And so then people can bid on that vehicle and then whatever profit is made is split between the dealer and the person who traded the vehicle in. Very interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I got into that was I had a class with, uh, um, with, uh, this professor, and I had given him some feedback and he basically appreciated, you know, my, the feedback he got. I was actually being very critical of something he was doing in his class. I was being very nice, but I was. You laughed trying. at that. I'm not sure if I'm going to buy that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was being very nice. <laughs> oh. I was being hard. You know, I mean, I was being very direct. Okay. Um, and he brought me, he, he wanted to have a meeting with me and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. You know? And usually professors don't appreciate uh, when you criticize anything about their class. And so <laughs> I wasn't sure what to expect, but I went in and he said, I really appreciate your feedback. It's very valuable to me and this kind of thing. And we got to talking and, and he recruited me into trading in. 
Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. worked out extremely well. So I'm going to jump the next little venture that you went through, but then I want to jump into something that you still have, which is, is it recordable.com? So what, how did you come up with the idea? How did you say this is something that you think that there's a need out there and you go, I'm going to solve this problem? For is it recordable? Yes. Yeah. Well, so in my position, my full-time job, I work as a corporate safety manager over in a very large company. And the subsidiary businesses, well, there's, so there's a lot of diversity amongst these different businesses that I get to work with. Uh, one of them is a real estate company, very large uh, in all 50 states. And they, have, they, they, they don't have any sort of designated safety expert or professional. And so what ends up happening is, as you can imagine, they get, they get a lot of injuries and their HR team will call me, started calling me saying, hey, um, this happened. Is it recordable? And I got all kinds of crazy scenarios out of that. You know, just asking me questions. Is it recordable? Is it recordable? And so I started doing all this investigation, reading the letters of interpretation, um, studying the regulations and, you know, been doing that for about eight years. And so uh, I've become quite good at it. I mean, it, it's it's very confusing regulation. I think it's probably one of the most misunderstood um, probably one of the areas of greatest weakness for most safety professionals, even the best safety professionals. Most of them have a soft spot when it comes to um, record keeping. I just, it's just not understood well. And so I thought, you know, it'd be great. (laughs) It's just to start a website where people can submit questions and then I can answer them. Well, then also about that time, we we had one uh, scenario where there was an employee who on his way from one work site to the next work site had stopped at a, at a gas station to get coffee. It was, and he was, it was in the middle of the workday. So it was, you know, normal part of the workday and an out of control vehicle driven by an an elderly guy. uh, He, I guess, confused the brake and the gas and drove through the wall um, like the Kool-Aid guy (laughs) and went through every aisle and just held the gas down the entire way and ended up running over the employee while he was trying to, wait in line to pay for his coffee and he had several bones broken i mean it's just really bad the guy was lucky to be alive um and the operational vice president said well that's not work related he was getting coffee what and i said yes it's like (laughs) well uh hold on a second back the trolley up a second here and so i laid it out i explained you know, he was on a reasonably direct route of travel from one work site to another. It's getting coffee is part of the normal workday. He wouldn't have been there getting coffee if it wasn't for the fact that he was working. And the operational VPs just did not want to have anything to do with calling it work related. So um, my boss, who's the vice president of safety at the time, uh, hired an expert lawyer and the law firm charged us something like $900 just for one answer for this OSHA record keeping um, question. And I thought, you know what, I'll do, I could do that for a 10th of the price. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of where I set my prices when I first started. Is it recordable? It was 90 bucks for a single question. And then it was, I think I had it at some discount for, for a package of two or three or something. And then I had the unlimited plan, which was like 200 bucks a month. And uh, I've since gone away from all that. It's now 100% free. People can submit questions and I'll answer them. And I'm usually pretty quick 
about answering questions. So this is the Jay Allen show. Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Brennan. We, we are, are the Farm, farm finders. finders. When we first got married, we dreamed of owning land and building a self-sufficient lifestyle. But we soon saw that buying land was almost out of reach. Land was expensive and hard to finance. But we couldn't just give up on our dream of being landowners. To be honest, it was a pretty discouraging problem. But we were determined to find a solution. So we started a company called The Farm Finders to find properties that anyone could afford. That was a few years back. And today, we're proud to say we've helped hundreds of people make their landowning dreams a reality. There's something inside each of us that wants a piece of land to call our own. Here at The Farm Finders, we can make that happen. If you're like us and dream of owning land, then check out our website at thefarmfinders.com to find that perfect property. Take advantage of our no credit check, zero interest owner financing with payments as low as $50 a month with our secure online checkout. It's easy to make any property yours with just a few clicks. So don't just dream, do something. Visit thefarmfinders.com today. Let's Let's make make you a landowner. The more you listen, the more we get into your head. Safety FM. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Well, let me kind of backtrack a little bit. So once the, the... the attorney decides to go ahead and answer the question for the $900. Did they pre- essentially give the, you give them the same answer that you had already given them. It was identical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gotta love yeah. it. Right. Got to love it. So right now, let me just ask about is a recordable because I find it such an interesting um, content that's actually there. Do you have that currently set up just as the website or do you also do that as an RSS feed? where people can just automatically get that as a feed that comes to them. Like some of the news stories that you can get RSS feed wise, is that set up like that currently or not at all? No, no, it's just a static website for now. Okay. Very cool. So I know right now you were referencing that you do work for a pretty large company, which I will not name. How in the hell do you end up there? How does that work? (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a pretty well-known company. I'm not going to joke, but I was, so how does this, thing work out for you please don't tell me it's a grandfather story too because then i'm gonna have all kinds of questions no 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 <laughs> actually you know that that's something I'm, I'm kind of proud about was that i had zero connection to this company um uh let's see so after i well when i was approaching graduation with my master's degree um there were several places i applied and a, like a lot of uh like there's an insurance company i was thinking i was going to go into insurance and they had offered me a job like for start starting pay was like $74,000 or something. And so as a college student, you know, I was pretty excited about that. And they had all basically had offered me the job and I was about to accept. And then suddenly that insurance company decided to do a hiring freeze. And then they, they basically yanked the offer. And so then I sort of um, scrambled and started applying other places. And when I applied for this position, I didn't feel that I was qualified for it because it was asking for so many years of experience. And, you know, I had some experience with my internship at least, but, and they weren't asking for a master's degree. So maybe I was thinking on maybe, you know, that would convert to some experience for them. Um, But I ended up getting an interview and, um, you know, in the interview, I thought, well, I really have to, I I can imagine there's probably a lot of people applying for this position. I, I really need to hit it out of the ballpark. And I think what really did it was, and I didn't know this at the time, but apparently in these, when you, when you get close to the top in some sort of organization, that's as big as this, when you're in this corporate world, there are, 
there's this kind of crazy demand for perfection and expediency. It's like every request, it's like, we need this yesterday and there better not be any mistakes in it. And so attention to detail is everything. Well, one of the things that I pointed out in the interview, uh, I was trying to emphasize that I had attention to detail and, and um, I noticed that my, uh, well, my future boss's glasses had, had been chewed on the little plastic pieces on the end of the glass uh, of his glasses had little bite marks on it. And so I asked him if he had dogs and we started talking about it. And I said, yeah, I noticed that you had bite marks on your glasses. And I said, I I have pretty high attention to detail. And I think that was enough to, to kind of uh, push me ahead of the, I guess the rest of the crowd who were applying for the job. And then he, the person turns around and looks at you and go, wow, what else were you looking at that you have not mentioned? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So I would imagine that at this particular place, your stock options must be quite fantastic. I'm just going to make an assumption there, not going too far. Well, you know, you might be surprised. <laughs> really? It's you might be surprised. Yeah, it's it's um there 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 there's goods and bads. You know, I, I can't get into it too much. Oh, it's I, like I understand. Believe it's me. not as glamorous as you might think. Interesting. Yeah. I I I would have thought otherwise, but let's just leave it at that. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) So let me ask, how does this whole thing then start where you say, okay, I'm going to start posting some things online. I already know that you're doing it's recordable.com, but that's not kind of the driving force on what you start posting. So how does this decision go of, Hey, I'm going to start posting some things online, putting inside of the safety space and all of a sudden it starts gathering a lot of attention. Yeah. Well, the, is it recordable is what got me on LinkedIn. Well, what got me active on LinkedIn. I had been on LinkedIn for, probably since, gosh, I don't know, many years, but I've never been active. I'm, I was kind of one of those of the silent majority, if you will, mm-hmm. that never post anything. They just kind of once in a while I get on there. I was using it for, you know, to see what kind of jobs are out there once in a while. Um, but that's about it. Well, when Is It Recordable came, I was trying to think, you know, how do I get this out there? Because, you know, I don't really have, you know, the funding to do some sort of massive blitz for media or marketing or anything like that. And so, I'm like, well, maybe I can start working through LinkedIn. So all I did was I started with a simple set of challenge questions, just wrote a scenario and asked people to, you know, give feedback on whether or not they thought it was recordable. And then, and then kind of duke it out and like, kind of try to educate people and say, well, it is recordable because of this, or it isn't because of that or, or whatever. And so ended up posting on there and, and uh, had some people reach out to me. Um, and ended up talking to Jamie Young and, and uh, I had been posting in his group without even knowing really whose group it was, but they said, Hey, we really appreciate the content you've been posting in the group. Um, have you ever thought about doing video? And I thought, no, 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 that's not me. You know, like <laughs> I don't want to see myself. I don't think anyone else wants to see me either. You know, I, I just didn't really, I just kind of like poo pooed the idea at the moment at the time, but, but I have this philosophy I also wrote a children's book in 2018 that um, embodies, embodies this philosophy, which is you really should be facing your fears, you know, and, and if you have something you're afraid of doing, that's a good compass to that. You should do it. And, it, and if it scares you, that's a good sign because it means it's probably worth doing. You know, um, there is a story that the King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, they were searching for the Holy Grail and the Holy Grail it can mean anything to anybody. It's different to everybody. Um, you know, whatever your Holy Grail is, is going to be unique to you. But 
you know, the, the symbolism of the Holy Grail, it's, it's, it's really, it's really nice and clean for that, for that purpose. Well, so the Knights decided that in order to find the Holy Grail, that each one of them should split up and go into the forest at the place that looks darkest to them. And I remember hearing the story and thinking, you know, what, what is the point of that? Like what, like I, I didn't really understand how profound that was, but the reason is, is because that treasure, that Holy grail is going to be found in the place that you regularly avoid looking. And so when somebody mentioned to me, Hey, uh, have you ever thought about doing videos? And that was something that I was kind of avoiding. I didn't, didn't really think, Oh no, that's not me. Then I realized I'm like, okay, that means I have to do it. So I just dove in and I just did it. And, uh, then I was trying to figure out marketing and I was reading a book called, uh, um, I think, what was it called? The long beard. I mean, how does the trademark, <laughs> how does the trademark come about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this book is, is, it was, uh, invisible influence by Jonah Berger. And in that they talk about these studies, um, where they had a group of females, um, and they, and they had them rated at their level of, of attractiveness from like one to 10. And out of the group of, of these girls that all were all rated about a seven, they took them in for the study in, in a single class and throughout the year had them go into the class, walk to the front of the room and sit down. And some of them only went in like one time. Some of them went in once a week and then some of them went in every single day. And at the end of the class, they had that class um, rate the, the level of attraction for those for those same females and the ones that had been into the class more times were rated higher and it was a large class. So even if people didn't necessarily see them consciously, they may have seen them subconsciously and, 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 and what, what the result was the conclusion of that study was, and some other studies were that what you see most, like what you're more familiar with is what you're most attracted to. And so that's a marketing thing that really comes back to marketing. I mean, look at Coca-Cola, you know, they, it's all about just impressions. They just get their name everywhere and then people are more attracted to it. Well, then also Coca-Cola likes to associate themselves with like Santa Claus or polar bears. They, they give a nice visual because most people are very visual and that kind of sticks. And so I thought, okay, so I just need to be frequent and I need to have a nice visual. So I thought, well, what, what will work as a visual and the red beard thing was, it just came to mind. So I thought, okay, red beard it is. So red beard it is. So you all of a sudden, so do you already know at this point that you have the ability to grow this monstrosity? <laughs> no, not okay. really. Okay. I mean, I come from a hairy family. <laughs> so I thought, uh, you know, I have pretty good odds that I should be able to grow a beard. So you're able to grow this thing out and let, let's kind of just be realistic. It's your trademark. I mean, people, I mean, this is what you refer to yourself as a lot of people know you by that. Of course, you know, now we're doing with some of the stuff with the safety justice league. This is some people even refer to it as your superpower. Absolutely. So you, well, kind of- so you, before you go into that, as you look at this, do you go that this is what kind of started to set you apart? Not that the knowledge base wasn't there because by no means are we saying that, but do you feel that that's what set you apart inside of the, 
inside of the industry right now in regards to this is how people know you or, and we'll say more attracted to you because of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's pure marketing. Um, when people see something that, I mean, okay, think about like Nate Brayman. It's just, that's just another name. And and if I had a picture of just, you know, the, the one I used to have on LinkedIn was just a picture of me with, you know, I had a very short beard, um, just smiling with a tie, you know, just a standard kind of corporate picture, you know, um, there's a, there's what, how many millions of those out there? And so having a beard and, and you'll notice in my picture, I use an app that, um, I take all the color out right. you, from you, every other mm-hmm. part. Yeah. You do the saturation portion. You actually yes. satur- saturate the beard and you actually, uh, take every, the contrast out of everything else. Yeah. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm very familiar with what you're doing. <laughs> you, you know how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but the, but the thing is, is that it's recognizable. So it stands out. It's like, oh, there's that bright red beard again. So that, that actually gives it a little bit more power. So, you know, if you, if you get out there and you're frequent, you're posting every day and, you know, hopefully providing quality content too, because that matters, obviously, that's really the most important thing. But, um, but if you're out there every day and people are seeing you, they will eventually start recognizing you, even with the old, boring corporate look, even without the moniker Redbeard. But I, I think my theory is that if you have a strong visual like that, it takes fewer impressions to remember you. So I just thought it just kind of supercharges the marketing side of the of the whole thing. This is the Jay Allen Show. So you're bored with what you're listening to, and you think you need a little more? Because if you need a little more, I think I can help. You. everybody, Todd Conklin, Pre-Accident Investigation, and along with my buddy Jay Allen of Safety FM, we've done the unthinkable, and that is we put some of my books up on Audible. So if you gather information by listening to books on audio, you're in luck because three books are available right now. And if you're interested, you can pick them up, no problem at all. Workplace Fatalities, The New Five Principles of Human Performance, And my very first book called Simple Revolutionary Acts are all available for you to enjoy and ponder and argue and chew on. And they're they're yours and they're on Audible. Try them out. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. And I I think you're spot on with what you're saying there. And I think that sometimes people lose that in translation where they do, oh, I need to have my pro pick done where I am doing my traditional headshot. And this is going to to kind of put me ahead of the curve. Now, I'll tell you right now, if you go to my LinkedIn page, I will be a terrible example of that because I have the corporate headshot picture because that's what I was told to do at the time. (laughs) Um, But the way that you're doing it, I think it's, it's genius. Now, I have to tell you, I see some mixed reviews online with some of your stuff, and let me explain what I'm talking about. With the if it's a recordable stuff, I like that you you put your information, and then people will say, you know, agree, disagree, whatsoever. And I love it that you kind of go back and forth, and, and it's not in a in a derogatory way. But where I see a lot of complaints on some of the stuff that you post, and this is just us talking, of course, is some of the stuff with your videos. And I'm talking about the videos that you post of, let's say, for instance, an incident or an accident that occurs on a work site. Oh, sure. Do you feel that you get a lot of pushback or more negatives than positives off of that? Mm, Not really. Okay. I mean, what I don't like to see is the toxicity. If there's some people that just they don't respect 
boundaries, you know, and or they just don't have a filter and they'll say something that is maybe a little bit too harsh for my liking. For example, a couple, couple people come to mind right away. I don't know if I should say <laughs> say them. Um, I won't say initials like Dr. Pepper or anything to that extent, but I, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I, you know, when people get down to the point where they just start saying things like, well, that's natural selection and, and uh, uh, those people are so stupid and, and uh, Darwin awards and that kind of thing. The reason I don't like that is because again, they're typically safety people. Well, not always. If you're in safety, what, like, if you drill down to the the core of why somebody would want to be in safety, it's got to be from a place of compassion, because it's all about at the end of the day, it's all about trying to keep people safe, trying to prevent people from getting hurt, and you can't simultaneously love people um, and try to protect them. But then also talk about how, oh, this is just Darwin Awards and be flippant about people's lives. Like even stupid people deserve to be safe. And and hopefully, you know, we wouldn't I wouldn't wish something, you know, like a, an injury to happen even to my worst enemies. I, I just think it's it's poor taste, you know, so that that's the most negative stuff I've seen. And, you know, in, in some of my philosophy when I talk about, um, you know, trying to hold management accountable for building a system or to have a better system, you know, I think people don't like that because it's easier to just blame somebody for being stupid and then washing your hands of it, you know? So, oh, but so, it's, so it's are, been, are you saying that's not the case? People are just not stupid. Come on. No, I mean, and, and I think <laughs> yeah. it's, I think sometimes that's the well, kind we're of all the, stupid, <laughs> right? I think that's the easier route though, where it just goes, sure. well, it was their fault. We get rid of them. That fixes the problem. Let's go to the next person. But I think that the, exactly. pro- the approach that you're taking is good. But I just think it's interesting on how people will kind of go back and forth with you. I, I think I, I'm not sure. If, I want to say it was one of your posts that somebody was like, how did you acquire this video? Because, you know, it was closed caption TV, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you end up getting some of the stuff that you find? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I get that question a lot. Where, where are you finding this video or could you send me the source of this video? And and I have so many different places I look for videos. Um, one of my favorite places to look is... Um, Pictofile, it's an app. Uh, there's another one that's really good called Im- Imgur or Imgur. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, but you can download these apps for free, and it just has tons of memes and viral videos and all kinds of stuff like that. Do you- so if anybody's looking to find these types <laughs> of videos, that's a good place to look. Do you ever feel that people get offended by some of the stuff that you post when it comes to that? And I'm talking. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about content, not really what you're putting with it. Just kind mm-hmm. of where what it is. Well, there are other people who do similar things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, and and they have run into problems. Be, I, you know, I think what it, it it's walking that fine line where you don't want to put anything out there that's maybe a little bit too graphic. Right. You don't want to put a video of somebody getting decapitated or something along yeah. those lines. Though. Yeah. People have done that. Oh yeah. And, oh yes. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like liveleak.com. Okay. That's a source for extreme videos that are like, you know, blacklisted. Um, may, may, maybe don't go there to get your videos. Yeah. If you're no, looking for, a, if you're looking for a snuff video, please don't go there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like there was one video where there's, you know, somebody walking around on the outside of who knows what it was, uh, obviously a very dangerous piece of equipment. And there was a blast door that was open and the thing discharged a ton of like flames and, it, and the guy just it was gone. 
and then there's just pieces falling from the sky. You know, th- that's that's a little extreme to put on a LinkedIn post because that guy just lost his life. And that's not something. And I'm pretty sure you could get booted off of LinkedIn for doing that. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine you're just scrolling down, drinking your coffee first thing in the morning, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, there you go. Not probably how you want to start it off. Yeah. So, so I do try to be a little bit careful with what I post. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to do anything that's disrespectful to, you know, somebody who lost their life or their families or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I am mindful of, the, of what I post for sure. Well, let me ask a couple of strange questions. Of course, we know that, you know, the right now everything's kind of tied into the safety justice league. Definitely want to talk about the podcast a little bit, but did you ever think that your stuff would translate to an audio forum the way that it has? I mean, it seems like you're really getting out there. I see you on tons of podcasts besides the one that you are part of the, one of the hosts, but did you ever think that that would translate over so well for you? No, no, it's been a wild ride. Well, in, you know. the, in the funny part about it, though, is I'm not saying, you know, that you're just the sole portion of the comedy of when it comes to the to, to the Safety Justice League. But, man, you bring some funny stuff to the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and that's one of the things that we've talked about with, you know, with other members of the SJL. It's it's uh, we want to be able to make it entertaining, kind of have more of a fusion of humor and, you know, quality information and relevant stuff that we talk about. And so I, I do make an I make an effort to try to try to stay lighthearted and to try to bring a little bit of whimsy into it, you know, just to have fun. And we do have a lot of fun. We have a lot of good laughs. No, because I mean, in the way that I look at it, though, and I, the only thing that I can compare it to is like morning radio, where I call it like the morning zoo. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but there mm-hmm. you the four of you take such a different approach than the common, we'll say, quote unquote, safety show. So the common safety show is I'm going to sit here. I'm going to tell you what's going on. We're going to complain together. I'm going to tell you what I like, what I don't like, and then we're going to move forward. And that's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the first trailers that you guys did together was about the stuff that you put into your beard to to help (laughs) it grow. And I was like, oh, what the hell is this? I mean, me just thinking as a listener, starting off going, well, hold on. How is this anything related to safety? But I sure as hell was interested. I mean, I, I had multiple interests. Don't get me wrong, but it made me interested on well, what are they going to talk about if this is what they're talking about starting off? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you, well, I mean, look, you know, Jason Lucas has a hilarious um, TikTok feed. If you ever followed his TikTok account, he does all kinds of dad jokes and just goofy stuff. Um, Abby, she has all kinds of great TikTok videos. And then Jason, he has a great sense of humor. He makes me laugh probably more than anybody. So when we get together, you know, we all have a kind of a, a nice, I don't know, we, we all have a sense of humor and, you know, it flows pretty well. And it's kind of funny because some of those things like the, the beard, you know, rubbing the beef jerky on the beard and stuff like that, you know, some, some of those things happen um, prior to our official podcast. And, and so then we and then Jason does a really good. Jason uh, Maldonado does a great job at snipping those things out and using them as, you know, kind of like the little promo uh, sneak peeks and stuff like that. So let me ask a question because I know that before the titling of the Safety Justice League came about, the group was a little bit different, had some more people to it, a little bit different dynamic. Why the change before everything was launched? If you can talk about it, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, yeah, we had um, Joe Pena was the other person. Uh, he's just, I'm just going to jump right into it. 
I was, in, I, I, I was trying to be nice and not go name specific, but you yeah. just went there. Hey, but what, if I'm comfortable with you doing it, I didn't want Joe to come after me. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, Joe, Joe's great. Just, we know we, we, we left on each other on, on good terms. Um, you know, the safety justice league and Joe, uh, she was just, uh, in a different place and she didn't feel like it, it was going to work out for her at the time. And so she respectfully bowed out and we bid her farewell. And that's all there is to it. And so we became, we went from five original to four. And that was really at the very initial, you know, before we'd been formalized uh, into even like an LLC, like before we even really went forward and started producing. So that was very early on. I mean, basically Joe had been in, I think one or two um, of our Ask a Safety Pro videos Mm -hmm. and that was it. And then we kind of went our separate ways. So, I mean, you know, we, we think the world of Joe and, um, wish the best for her. And I don't want to, I don't want it to sound know. like a Backstreet Boys or sync or anything like that breakup. That's not what I'm trying to say here or anything. Sure, sure. Uh, like pre Destiny Child, Destiny's Child, you know, first album came out, then things changed. Um, I was just kind of curious. So was there ever a thought of actually bringing in someone else? Um, let's say, for instance, another female to the group just to kind of, you know, yeah. to, to change the dynamics or what has been the thought process behind that? Or is that just something you don't care to talk about at the time? No, it's okay. Yeah, we talked about it. Um, I suggested a couple people. Abby had, had some people in mind. And at the end of the day, we just decided, you know, we think four is a good number. Um, and, you know, it gets a little bit tough when you have four people in a group. You know, we're getting better at it. But when you have four people in a room virtual room no, i was gonna say you guys have never been in a room together. <laughs> i've never met any of them in person oh wow yeah only virtually um you know i've talked to them on the phone and through these uh through our you know podcasting and things but um yeah when you get four people it, it becomes it, it becomes busy sometimes you know everyone has something they want to say but as we're getting used to kind of the flow the ebb and flow of how we each talk uh it's becoming a little bit more smooth um, and the nice thing is on Zencaster, which is, you know, what we're using. Hello plug. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you can, you can use the mute button and you can see when people have muted themselves. And so what we typically have found works really well for us is that we'll stay muted when someone else is talking. And then if somebody wants to jump in next, they will unmute. And then I can see, okay, Jason Lucas unmuted. He, he's, he's going to jump in next. So it's kind of a nice way to kind of make sure we're not talking over each other and adding another person, five people. That's a lot of people. That's just one more voice that you have to do that with. And it just becomes that much harder to kind of, you know, keep it smooth. So believe me, I know, I know the more the merrier, it becomes a little bit more difficult, especially when you're controlling everything, Um, especially especially trying to run it. Now, what do you see going on next with the safety justice league? And I know that on our episode that we're doing right now, I have not covered the events that are going on in the world. And I just, I think we need to take a break from time to time. And I know that it might be difficult to be able to answer this question based on what's going on in the world and what you guys see going on next. So what are next steps? What do you, what do you guys have planned? Well, we have a big, we're, you know, we've talked about this obviously. And one of the things that I kind of wanted to emphasize with our team was let's think big, like let's, really think what could we in in the ideal world what could we really do with this and so we've been able to boil it like like what's our mission statement so we've been able to boil it down to that we want to become a platform for safety champions and 
we also want to um, make some, you know, people, there's a lot of loan safety people out there that, you know, they don't, there's, there, it's just them. They feel very alone. And so we also wanted to provide good information and a place that where they could reach out and ask us questions. Like if you go to safetyjusticeleague.com, we have our um, ask a safety pro submission form. We get all kinds of questions from people. Hey, do you guys know a good source for this kind of information or that kind of information? And we're, we love helping people out like that. So, you know, we, we really want to grow this as big as we can and, and eventually start uh, converting into a platform to give safety champions a voice. So I'm not exactly sure what form that's going to take, um, but that's the general direction that we're trying to go. So when you say that, do you see that platform becoming more, if things were to normalize in the world that we're living in right now, where you guys might show up to a place as a group and do like events for safety champions, where let's say, for instance, hypothetically, companies can send these quote unquote safety champions and there's like an event that's put on. Is that what you're looking at or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Very Thanks cool. that we've talked about doing that. And we've also talked about, well, yeah, bit, don't, don't give away all your trade secrets. We, we can go very generic okay. if you want to leave it at that. It's okay. Because here's the problem, too. And let's be realistic. And this is where I get in a lot of trouble speaking with people is that people are like, ah, this is not competitive. And I will tell you if we were on the rated R safety show, I'd tell you that it's BS, but just really tell you what I think. <laughs> um, but it is competitive and people are sitting out there taking a list and trying to pay attention to what the groups are doing. And then they're going to move forward and try to do the exact same thing. And, it, and it's good. It's good that people want to do that. But what I hate is when somebody contacts you and go, well, we're not competitive, but they're trying to write down every single thing that you just tell them that you're about to start doing. And then all of a sudden, right. Wow. I just told you this and you're already doing the exact same thing that I just told you I was going to start doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I've been to interviews like that where it's like, they ask me all these questions and then, and then they don't hire anybody for the position. And I'm like, Oh, Okay. They were just trying to get some free safety advice, apparently. <laughs> right. Well, no, I remember you and I had a conversation where we're doing our group interview, and you said, oh, it's not competitive. And I was like, I think you're going to be in for a surprise a little bit when the further down the road you go with this. Well, I, I, I meant within the four of us. Oh, okay. Well, because I'm going to yeah. say it's competitive. The moment that you put your first post where your beard yeah. got redder <laughs> on the picture, yeah. it was competitive. The moment that you turned on the first microphone and you were on your first podcast, that was competitive. I'm not even talking about your own podcast. I'm talking about the first podcast. That's just the way that it works. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, is that people do that. And it is competitive. And I want to be known as the best best safety speaker when I walk into the room or the best podcaster. And that's just what happens. And that's how people are. And I always think it's funny, the ones that that I sit with, because I talk to a lot of people, as you can imagine, that they're telling me, oh, it's not competitive. Those are the ones that I get scared of the most. I go, that's the, that's the, competi- that's the competition right there. Exactly. <laughs> and that, yeah, these are my thoughts on that. If you're starting with the outcomes and you're saying, oh, my goal, you're setting your goal on an outcome, this is a classic mistake. Mm-hmm. The outcomes will take care of themselves if you're focused on the right inputs. Right. And this comes back to the safety world. I mean, it applies to many things. It's a good thing to understand in general is that I like to think of it like a river where, I don't know, let's say you're measuring the amount of pollution in a river or something like that. Well, you can go downstream and you can say, you know, there's this many parts per million of pollution. And then if you stay downstream and say, I want to, I want to change that. 
it's impossible. You have to go upstream to the inputs. Well, where the, where's the pollution coming from? You know, like, and in safety, we do this, I see this all the time where it's just like setting a goal on the incident rate. The incident, you can't change the incident rate, not directly. You have to go upstream and look at your inputs. You have to go in and say, okay, what are the things that employees are doing or not doing that are ending up in this result? And so all these people saying, you know, like, I want to be the best of this or whatever, you don't get there by focusing on that as a goal because you can't just flip a switch and be, be the best or whatever it is your goal is. You have to go upstream, look at your inputs. And so for me, I take on the mantra of the honey badger. Like, I just don't really care. Like, if, if somebody wants to be comp- competing with me, my... 100% of my energy is focused on how can I add the most value? And then if I, and I think that if I do that and I have my ducks in a row upstream, that the downstream stuff will take care of itself. I don't even have to worry about it. And so I don't really even worry about what other people are doing. I just make sure that I'm putting out consistent, good quality information to the best of my ability. And I think that's the only thing you can do because that's yeah. the, that's the interesting part about it is that sometimes people want to look to the left and to the right and go, OK, this is what this other person's doing. Let's kind of do something similar. And maybe that's not the correct approach on how to do it. What I always what I have done from the beginning, which is a terrible portion on my part, is I try not to read the comments, especially on anything that I put out that's audio. I, I don't read them because I'll put stuff on on like LinkedIn, Facebook and things to that extent that I'll read. But stuff that I put on like pod, like full blown podcasts where people do reviews, I just don't read it. I just go, Mm-mm. if I yeah. read it, it's going to drive me it, crazy. It, well, oh, because of the negative reviews? Well, yeah, because I take the negative and the positive. I mean, if you tell me that it's good, you know, back then I was reading it. If you tell me it was bad, I would read it and go, well, why is it bad? And it would drive oh, me crazy. Yeah. Was, then I just got to the point that I was like. If I just don't read it and just do what I'm doing, because I can tell based on how many listeners I got. And, sure. I, and it's not that it's only about the listeners, but I look at it too. It's kind of similar to some of the wording that you used where there are the the single safety person out there and they're alone. And I'll tell you, when I first started some of these shows here, they were more driven of let's talk to the day in, day out safety person. And what I have done as of late is that I have noticed these different people that are in the safety world that people are interested in. And this is more what the show has become. Plus, I wanted to bring other things in because I noticed a lot of people that were interested in the show would not come on if I said that it was called Safety FM. And that was one of the first things that I realized. So there was some pretty well-known people that I wanted to come on that they initially agreed until I gave them more information. They were like, well, I'm not in the safety space. So then I kind of changed that a little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that it put a limit on me, but it kind of put a limit on me at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. People are funny. Yeah. Just don't change, well, just don't change what you own to justice league. That might get you in some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Understood. Well, Nate, well, I got a question for you. If people want more, some more information about you and what the safety justice league is doing, where can they find out that information? Well, the best way would be to subscribe at safetyjusticeleague.com. Um, you type in your email and then we will occasionally pump out, you know, just a, just a mass email to let people know what's going on. Um, we have some big things in the works in the background. Uh, you know, we're very, we're, we want to think big. We're very ambitious. Um, you know, what, you know, what, one of the things that drives me nuts is how safety has stagnated over time. And, and, you know, we get a lot of these crystallized credential factories in the safety space, and that's something that we're looking at trying to fix, right? Trying to improve on. And so we have big things in the works coming down the pipes. 
Um, I don't know what the timeline is going to be on some of this stuff, especially given the, you know, all this crazy stuff going on in the world right now. But, um, you know, go, go to safetyjusticeleague.com and type in your type in your email so that once we're ready to make these big announcements that you'll be the first to know. Okay, well, Nate, I really do appreciate you. Or, or let me rephrase that. Redbeard, I appreciate you actually coming on today and actually having the conversation with us. Absolutely, Jay. And, and it's an honor to be here. And uh, I appreciate all your support. And I love what you do as well. And before we go, uh, there's I need to come clean on something for, w- with you, Jay. Uh-oh. I need to uh, make Uh-oh. an admission. And I thought, this is the time to do it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yesterday, well, not yesterday, Friday, we, we did the town hall. And to those who were not listening, go back and listen to uh, the Safety Justice League, at least the Safety Justice League section of it. Listen to the whole thing. It was, it was a lot of good information. But, um, you know, at around the 40 minute, 41 minute mark is where, where we were in. So I talked about an acronym. And the acronym had five letters in it. And it spelled out LIGMA, right? Do you remember that? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. And so the L was for listen to experts. You know, the I was for imagine everyone is infected. And, and so it's all heartfelt, good quality information. It's, it's not, it's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with that information, but I have to say that I did mean Ligma as sort of a shot across the bow because I, I I'm, I'm frustrated at seeing a lot of stuff in the news that's going on with the uh, COVID-19. There's a lot of businesses who are putting their employees at risk unnecessarily by forcing them to come into the office when they could be working from home. And there's been a lot of people that have reached out to me saying that, you know, I have a laptop, I have a cell phone, I could be working from home, but you know, the, the, the executives are choosing to make us still come in. And um, all of the experts are saying the best thing you can do is social distancing. And so I would encourage people to go back and listen to that section and, and, and then maybe look up what Ligma really means. <laughs> And, uh, you know, maybe on the uh, Urban Dictionary. Uh-oh. And, then in my, and then in my closing statement, I emphasize two different words that kind of go along with that. So that, I'm going to leave it at that. Encourage people to go back and listen to that one. Oh, God. Now this is going to definitely put some interest <laughs> in there for sure on that section. So, so you decided to come clean. Shouldn't you came clean at the end of, of the town hall then? Oh, you know, you know what? I, I was thinking about it. I wasn't sure how it was going to play out. And there, an opportunity didn't really, didn't really present itself. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just do it when I talk to you on this thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got it now. I, I just pulled it up. <laughs> you got it. Okay. Yep. Well, you Googled Ligma probably. Well, I went to the Urban Dictionary and put it up too. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's just, and now keep in mind that that's my message for for uh, the older executives. So mm-hmm. I was very clear. I was trying to be as clear as I could. If you go back and re-listen to it, uh, I was sending a message to those people in particular. Well, I, I kind of think that it's funny that you are pointing out older executives. <laughs> because, and, I, and we briefly spoke about this yesterday. <laughs> I had mm-hmm. a, a few people reach out to me about that. <laughs> and I don't think they even knew what you meant by this. And I think it's even funnier now that I'm seeing it on the screen. Anyways, if you do get a chance, I would definitely say go to UrbanDictionary.com and type in Ligma, L-I-G-M-A. 
Boy, is this going to get... Maybe we should do a rated R safety show. This might be a little bit um, more appropriate there. Anyway. Yeah, if you, <laughs> if, if you, wanna, if you want to get Redbeard, then we should do a rated R safety show because um, then I'll tell you what I really think. <laughs> okay. We, we should talk about doing that here in, in the very near future. Well, Redbeard, I yeah. appreciate you actually coming on and I appreciate what you and the Safety Justice League are doing out there for the safety world. Yeah, the feelings mutual, Jay. Thank you so much. Well, this brings another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. If you do get the chance, go to safetyfm.com, click on the link that says shirts, and pick up the shirt. All about, you know it, the Red Beard and the Safety Justice League right there at safetyfm.com. And there is a specialty shirt just for the Red Beard himself. Anyways, I appreciate Nathan Brayman taking the time to come by the show today. And I appreciate you being the best part of Safety FM, and that's the listener. Right now, I know we're going through some difficult times together with everything that's going on in the world. If there's anything that we can do here at Safety FM, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can always come to safetyfm.com. Ask any questions that you have, put it right there into the bot, and we'll respond to you as soon as possible. Make sure that you do take care of yourself during these interesting times. This brings another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. But we'll be back right before you know it. From the Safety FM studio in Orlando, Florida, goodbye for now. Wondering how you can show your love? Head over now to Facebook and drop a like. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.